You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So when life and time is filled with swift transitions, you've got to hold to God's unchanging hand. Uh, when life it changes all around you, you've got to put your faith in the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You see, Jesus Christ is the same one. Yesterday, today, and always, and embedded in this simple statement actually is three claims that first, Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is the same, and Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Somebody ought to say amen. Uh, Jesus Christ is. I'm reminded that when the followers of Jesus began asking uh, who he is, trying to figure out as he was doing all these great things, trying to figure out who he is. Was he Moses reincarnated? Was he Elijah in a new form? Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? And the response that Simon Peter says that, that you are the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a way maker. Jesus will make a way out of no way. Jesus will pick you up when you fall. Jesus will turn your life around. Jesus will fix you when you are broken. Jesus Christ is. And Jesus Christ is the same. Does it matter if you were born in Boston or the Bahamas? Does it matter if you were born in California or Chicago? Does it matter if you were born in London or in Lithuania? Jesus Christ, the one who is the Messiah, does it matter where on the planet you live? Does it matter where you are in life? Jesus Christ is the same. Jesus Christ, just as he fixed the brokenhearted back in biblical days, Jesus Christ can fix the brokenhearted right here in the present day. Jesus was a miracle worker. Jesus is working miracles right now, and Jesus will continue to work miracles in your life because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He was, he is, and who is to come. Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is. Is. For, for the next two weeks, we will be looking at this passage, studying this passage, interrogating this passage, getting inside of it so that it might get inside of us. And I believe that when we spend time analyzing and scrutinizing something, we gain deeper familiarity with it. Amen? In August, uh, we studied the book of Colossians, looking at the one in the mirror, you and me as we seek to clothe ourselves in our Sunday best, with heartfelt compassion, with kindness, with gentleness, and with patience. We, we studied the book of Colossians as a way of getting us ready, getting us ready to uh, look at the spiritual practices and disciplines that might help us um, delve deeper into living out kindness, living out humility, living out gentleness and patience. And we're pivoting uh, to that emphasis in order to equip ourselves with tools 
that condition us, that condition our character and shapes our culture in such a way that we might find our way again in a world that has seemed to have lost its way. We seek to study and to delve into these practices so that we might find our way in a world that has lost its way. Today, we, we, we pivot from uh, Colossians in preparation for our emphasis on these spiritual disciplines. We, we pivot uh, by training our eyes on the book of Hebrews, where we find this beautiful passage that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Now, Hebrews is a, a little bit different uh, from where we have been studying these last uh, few weeks. And in fact, Hebrews is a little bit different from uh, most of the other texts in the New Testament. The majority of the New Testament, you might know, of its 27 books are actually letters, 13 letters of the Apostle Paul to different communities. And the, the form of these letters is a bit uh, conversational, and it responds uh, to very specific questions that these early Christian communities have. Paul is writing to the Gentiles, those who were not Jewish, those who were not Hebrews, as a way of, of making plain this universal revelation of God through Christ Jesus. Today, we look at Hebrews, and it is, yes, a little bit different from uh, Paul's letters, and in fact, it is a Christian sermon a Christian sermon written to the Jews, written to the Hebrews, connecting Jesus, who was a Jewish rabbi, connecting Jesus to an ancient priestly tradition of the Israelite people. Now, Israelite and Hebrew and Jewish, they're all, for our purposes, uh, they're interchangeable. They're synonyms uh, for the same uh, group of people. So this sermon is written to Jewish Christians or to Christian Jews as a way of distinguishing Christianity uh, from Judaism by pointing out the uniqueness of Jesus as the Christ. And his point is not to denigrate Judaism, but rather to demonstrate that Christianity is actually historically and theologically impossible without the Jewish tradition. So the preacher, the writer of the book of Hebrews, who writes this, this Christian sermon, points out the difference between these communities for the sake of underscoring what they have in common. Points out differences for the sake of making clear what people have in common, that there is a oneness, a sameness, a commonality, a consistency, even in the midst of difference, even in the midst of changing traditions, changing styles, changing contexts. What the book of Hebrews does, the author of Hebrews actually illuminates that it's not our differences that separate us, but it's differences that actually bind us together. That the uniqueness of who we are might actually point out the commonality 
of whose we are. Think about it this way. We speak different languages, yes. Some of us French, others English, others Italian. And you can focus on the different type of language or we can lean into the fact that as human beings we are all speaking a language. We're all speaking uh, in, in different forms a common attempt to make sense of the deepest desires of our heart. We articulate them differently, yes, but what makes us human and separates us right from the animal king actually is that we have, uh, we have something that we share that, that manifests in different ways across time and space. We eat different food, but at the core of it all, each and every human eats. Yes, we're all a bit different, but yet and still all knit from a common fabric of humanity such that when we take the big view of things, there might be an opportunity to observe the harmony and the mutuality and even that radical solidarity that the author of Hebrews points to. Because we have so much actually in common, the writer of Hebrews says, let mutual love continue. As we live this life, wherever it is that we find ourselves, let's live it in such a way that we are all together now, standing with one another because at the end of the day, we are all created, yes, in the image of a God who loves us. And the beauty of that createdness is that God loves each and every one of us in our uniqueness with our freckles and our fair skin and our dark skin, our imperfections, whatever it is, all reflections of that image of God implanted within us. We have so much in common, says the author of Hebrews, so let mutual love continue among you. Now this declaration, right, comes on the heels of so many other delicious phrases from the book of Hebrews that, that we find in chapter 11, for example, that faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. We're familiar also with that, that, that verse from chapter 12 in Hebrews, uh, which says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus as we run the race, looking to Jesus who is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. So the continuity of our faith, a faith that we celebrate here on this day in contemporary and fresh ways that is deeply rooted in a long and ancient tradition, it, it, it culminates, right? So the, the passage in 11 around, uh, chapter 11 on faith and then, and then 12 on this great cloud of witnesses, it culminates in chapter 13, which says the continuity of our faith demands that we must love one another, that mutual love must continue. And then it goes on to say, do not neglect showing hospitality to strangers, for in doing so, you have entertained angels without knowing it. 
Remember those who are in prison as though you yourself were in prison with them, those who are being tortured. Do not neglect to do good or to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Right, so then, and then right there at the heart of this passage, uh, the heart of this passage from verse 1 uh, to 16 and chapter 13 of the book of Hebrews, we find that central verse, which is then the core from which our radical solidarity, that principle of a liberation-oriented Christianity revolves, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> Our care for one another, our radical solidarity with not just our neighbor, not just a neighbor, someone we know, but with the stranger, is rooted in the sameness of our humanity, which is rooted in the sameness of Christ Jesus, the one who does not change, even in the midst of changing situations. Radical solidarity, we are in this thing together. It revolves around this central claim about the consistency of Christ. Because Jesus is the center of, of it all. It, 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 it shapes and, and, and centers our concern for one another. Yes, the sameness of Christ Jesus is the ground for our solidarity with one another. When we think about the devastation that has happened this week in the Bahamas, right, this, this, this passage actually helps us to understand what is a, an appropriate Christian response. So we respond not simply out of shock and pity, right? But we respond out of a sense that we are inextricably linked to one another, right? That, that we are tied up in this thing called life together. That as Christians, as those who have been set free to free others, we are demanded to be in radical solidarity with those who suffer. Such that, right, because life is filled with swift transitions and soon the news cycle will change. And, and all too often when the news cycle changes, so does our concern for those we were shocked with, right? We, we follow a pattern. That, 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 that we're only tuned in and trained in so long as the soundbite lasts. But there is one whose love changes not and calls us to remember always the stranger among us, the vulnerable among us, and to stand with them just as Christ has stood with us. Radical solidarity is about the long term and not just a brief momentary blip of awareness that flees and that fades away when the next thing emerges. Rather, radical solidarity is a calling that looks at the big picture and the overall arc of the story and makes the connection such that we see that, right, that, that the suffering in the Bahamas uh, is indeed connected to the climate change and the fires in the Amazon, right? And, and, and we see a connection, right? And we see a connection between climate change and, 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 and our response, our, our, the needed response uh, to those who 
leave one country to another in search of a better life. Right? That, 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 that we, we, we respond to crises uh, not simply because it, uh, it, 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 it just um, is offensive to our, our, our imagination, but rather by something much deeper uh, than that. that. That we are abhorred, that, that children are being detained at the border. We are abhorred by a, 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 a policy that seeks to separate and divide us as if some people who were born in another part of the world are less than human. Yeah. Right? So, so, so it is our calling as Christians to knit these things uh, together in such a way that the suffering in the Bahamas is very much related to the housing crisis in Boston. Yeah. Right? That, and, and that in fact, the ways in which we find our strength again to respond in such a way that is sustainable, that is sustainable is to link arms with one another and to see that your struggle is my struggle and that we need each other to survive. And here's the point, here's the consistency of Christ empowers us to endure the uncertainties of change as we live out our calling to change the world. The consistency of Christ empowers us to endure the uncertainties of change as we seek out our calling to change the world. Right, because, because change is scary and disorienting. And all the craziness that's around us from, from the White House then to, to seeing the images of devastation, right, it, it could lead us to throw up our hands in dismay. And, and to disengage and to pull back because right, there's just too much changing around us. And, and the world that we thought we knew, however imperfect that it is, it no longer looks familiar to us. So what are we supposed to do? Things do not look like we remember them. So much has changed and in such short order. There, there is a, a tendency, an inkling, an urge even to just pull back because time is filled with swift transition. And so much changes and disorients our sense of, of faith and of possibility. But, but beloved, all is not lost. In the midst of unprecedented change, we still serve a God who changes not. Yeah. A God whose compassion, as the hymn writer said, fails not. So we find our stability in the steadfastness and the changelessness of a God through Christ Jesus who came so that we might know the love God in such a way that we want to manifest it to each and every person we encounter. That, that amidst change, our endurance is in the eternality of God. Yes, our sameness in Christ stabilizes us amidst the changing realities of this world. In the midst of turbulent times, it is important for us to know that there is one who is timeless. 
amidst of turbulent times, it's important to know that there is one who is timeless, literally one who transcends time, the one who was at the beginning when time itself was created. There is one who transcends time, who was there when time was created, yet still one who breaks into time in order to transform time for all times. Jesus the Christ, our Lord. Yes, there is something reassuring that when your ship is tossed to and fro, uh, battered by waves and currents, it's good to know that there is one who is the captain of that old ship of Zion that can calm the raging sea. When your life seems like there is one storm after another, it is good to know that there is one who can still speak to the storm and say, peace be still. Oh, yes, it's good to know Jesus. It's good to know one who is dependable, one who is trustworthy, one who is true. Yes, there's something about the name Jesus, the one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come, the one who did it before, but who can do it again, the one who grounds us and says, you are mine and I am yours. And it's in that name, Jesus, that it all hangs, that our work of solidarity emerges from. So as we prepare to go uh, to that fount and to open the doors of this church, let us remember that one who is with us always. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.